on this Memorial Day weekend and this uh, Pentecost Sunday. It is both. And you will hear about both a little later. More information. Um, so, bunch of different things. And I have them written down so that I remember them. Bless my heart. Uh, this Wednesday is church cleanup. So be here at 6 o'clock to help clean up the church. We will have a list of things for people to do. <laughs> so, be here. You will have you will have something available to you whether it's inside or outside everyone can help yes we need your help so be here for that also if you have not yet brought your items for the month of may we've got today and wednesday left so rainbow items that could be uh, coloring books crayons colored pencils or markers anything or Anything rainbow colored is fine. So bring those things. Uh, bring a, a shoebox. Bring some shipping costs. Whatever you would like to contribute, please do that. Also, a week from today is homecoming. I don't know if y'all are excited. <laughs> I hope you are. If you are watching right now, if you're watching live, or if you are watching sometime this week, you are invited to homecoming. And uh, I hope that you'll be able to be here. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some special stuff. Leniva <laughs> said, "Please, Leniva, if you're watching here, here it goes." Leniva said, "Please pray for those children." <laughs> that her her group is coming. She's like, "Please pray for them." They some of them are telling me they can come. Some of them are telling me they can't. And I'm like, "Y'all gotta decide." So please. Uh, Please pray for them as they come. They're traveling, and uh, we're going to have a guest speaker. So we're going to have just lots of great stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you for in advance for being here at 10 o'clock next Sunday morning to celebrate. Homecoming is our, uh, is our oh, boogers. I did forget something. It's underneath my pocketbook, but we'll, we can pass it out later. Uh, you can, yeah, you can take it out, but uh, so that I can remember and tell everybody. So, Here's a, I was, I was, yes, that's it. So I was, yes, so I'll know what they are. Um, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to mom. Uh, how many of y'all, because I'm, I'm probably the only one who didn't go to public school. Um, well, I mean, well, some of you went to private school. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of you, you went to public school and you had homecoming. Do y'all remember that? homecoming like homecoming court and the the king and the queen we're not gonna have a king and queen next week uh our king is jesus amen uh but we but when when there was homecoming you went to a homecoming football game right yes and everybody got you went to a pep rally and you got pumped up do you remember that okay so the week before was spirit week and this Spirit Week, yes. And we used to do this in elementary school, but it was not to lead up to homecoming because we were, you know, we're little and we didn't have homecoming uh, football games. But, but every day that week, you would do something different. So maybe you would have crazy hair day, or maybe you would, <laughs> or maybe you would have, uh, you know, dress in school colors day, that sort of thing right because every it was to create solidarity with everyone and that you would get pumped up and excited for homecoming so we have some we have our spirit week 
right here. It's not a, the way that you dress. It's not. <laughs> so, Spirit Week. Um, we encourage you, and, and everybody will get one of these, but we're going to encourage you to participate in Spirit Week. So, Monday is Meditation Monday, and I'm encouraging you to uh, use. Now, if you di do not get the newsletter, then you may not have any idea what Lectio Divina is, but if you do, then you do know. Lectio Divina is just a way of studying God's Word. It is reading. Read it, read it, read it, read it a bunch of times. Meditate on it. You know, what are you trying to say to me, Lord? Contemplate it, and then pray it. So I'm encouraging everyone to meditate on Psalm 122. You don't have to write it down because you're going to get one of these little pieces of paper. But uh, do that on Monday. Tuesday, spend time in self-examination and confession. Who am I? Examine self. <laughs> Lord, if there's something that you need to shine your light in my heart, do it. And then confess. Yes. Uh, Wednesday is uh, fellowship time and serving in love. Y'all going to come here and you're going to clean the church. <laughs> yes, we're going to fellowship together. Uh, Thursday, pray extra today. Maybe even call a friend to join you in prayer. So Thursday is prayer day. Friday is fast day. So Friday fasting, uh, fast, you know, uh, food for the whole day. Or fast a meal, fast caffeine, fast social media. Something that's important to you, Okay fast something on Friday and Saturday is get your heart focused on the Lord with a special time of worship so worship Saturday and then Sunday is homecoming 2023 bring guests with you to church so we're we're gonna have our our suggestions here for uh, for CCOG Spirit Week and have y'all participate and that we will all uh, be be doing this together all right we also have, again, there are so many announcements. Um, in just Right now we have the umbrella to contribute to the, um, to the homeless. And thank you so very much for doing that. We will be going out again and doing that in the next couple of months. But for the month of June, we are going to be having pennies for pineapples. We are supporting missions in Hawaii. Okay, This is not... Um, <laughs> This is not to plan for us to go to Hawaii. This is not to pay for us to go to Hawaii. This is this is missions to Hawaii, okay? Because there are only, in the entire state of Hawaii, there are only 21 churches of God there. Yes, so it's considered a mission state. It's really, really tiny. So I, I'm not exactly sure of the population of Hawaii, but there are only 21 churches that that are there to serve the entire state. So it's pretty small. Uh, with You know, six different islands, and the churches are split up among all the different islands. So they don't have as much opportunity for fellowship. They don't have, some of them don't have the resources that the churches, even in, in North Carolina, the state of North Carolina is split into two states because... There are so many churches of God in our state. We are Western North Carolina and Eastern North Carolina because there are so many. Within just a 20-mile radius of here, there are probably close to the same number of churches of God that are in all of Hawaii. So we're going to raise some money. Um, next week, you'll see a pineapple and just um, toss some money in there. It's going to be neat. So that whole month is going to be, which is going to culminate in 
a first Sunday meal luau for the yes on <laughs> on uh, the first Sunday meal in July. We're going to have a luau, so dress accordingly. Don't you know? Don't please don't wear your um, coconuts and your grass skirt to church. But if you'd like to wear flowery things, that's fine. Um, but, you know, just getting into the, the mood. And it is going to be decorated luau-ish and that sort of thing. So uh, keep that in mind. Also, Father's Day. We're going to have Father's Day breakfast. We're going to be in the fellowship hall. That means if you're watching right now on Father's Day, there's not going to be a broadcast for you. So be here at the church. Even if, if you have a father, if you uh, are a father, if you belong to Jesus, uh, if you belong to God, who is your Father, then be here and participate with us. We're going to have Father's Day breakfast. If you would like to help in any way, there is a sign-up sheet out in the vestibule. Um, so during fellowship time or after church, please sign up. For There's a ton of different opportunities to sign up for. So keep that in mind. Uh, any other announcements, we will let you know. You'll be getting a lot of calls for, for these things, but... Um, just wanted to let you know. I gotta remember to take that down with me, so that everybody can know about Spirit Week. Um, yes, Amen. I was um, I was sitting at the red light right up here uh, in in front of Cashins to your right and um, and Harris Teeter to your left. I was sitting at that light to go straight, and in the turn lane. This was a, a few days ago. In the turn lane, there were two or well, two um, uh, minivans there. And that light, the left light turned green. And the people sat there. And see, to me, <laughs> when the light turns green, you need to go. Shane said that'll be a very good drag racer because I'm, like, waiting for that light to turn green all the time. I mean, and immediately, like, my foot comes off the, the brake as soon as the light turns green. So they were just sitting there. And sometimes when that happens, the, the person behind will honk at the person in front. So I just looked over to see, like, are you going to honk at these people? <laughs> I mean, or should I? I? This has nothing to do with me really, but I, I feel like someone should honk at them. And so I looked over, and the woman who was behind was looking at her phone. Just her head was down. She had no idea that the light had turned green. I don't know what the person, I assume the person in front was doing the same thing just looking down at her phone and not realizing that the light had turned. And I, I, I looked numerous times, looked back and forth, back and forth. And the person in front finally realized that it had, was green, and they went, and the person behind, I guess, saw something move, and they turned on yellow because... That's not big deal, but, uh, but they, they didn't... They didn't turn until it was yellow because they had sat there and waited so long. And I thought about so many opportunities that if we don't have our eyes on Jesus, if we don't have our eyes on the Lord like we ought to, how many opportunities we miss when we're focused elsewhere, when we're looking at circumstances, when we're looking at the, the stuff going on, when we're looking at how awful our life is oh I can't and we have our head down when God is giving us a green light when he is saying here's an opportunity when he's saying here's an open door and we just keep our head down so today I ask you as we pray as we have our service refocus on God 
because he's the only one to look to. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are worthy of all of our worship. God, we thank you because you are good, because you are holy, you are mighty, you are righteous. God, I thank you that even though there are things that go on in our lives that could distract us from you, that that if we'll just keep our focus on you, if we'll keep our eyes on you, that you will help us in every circumstance. God, I just ask right now that you would work and move in each and every life. There is no one who is here by accident, but each of us are here to receive something from you. God, if there are those who have come in with pain. God, those who have come in physically or mentally or emotionally in pain, I pray healing for them right now. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in and say, have your way. Do whatever you want to, God. Whatever you want to do, we accept that in Jesus' name. God, if there is someone here who is bound with addictions, who are bound by burdens, who are bound by depression or oppression, God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would break those chains of bondage. God, for those who have come in with struggles in their hearts, who don't know where to turn, who don't know what to do. We just pray, lift those burdens right now in Jesus' precious name. Again, Holy Spirit, come down and have your way. We accept you. We receive you. Whatever you want to do in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging seas. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung upon that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Because we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. 
We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. So we'll shout out your praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name, God. We praise you today. It will be done. It will be done in this place, God. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're a living hope. Your presence, Lord. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. When my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. There is nothing worth that could ever come close nothing can compare your living hope your presence Lord I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone 
When you do it, only you can do. It changes us. It changes what we see. And what we seek when you come in the room, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us, it changes what we see, and what we seek. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we're leaning into all you are. Everything else can wait. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come now and breathe upon our hearts. Come now and have your way. Because when you speak and when you move, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us. It changes what we see and what we seek. When you come in the room, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us. It changes what we see and what we Praise and honor this morning. He is worthy. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, we can feel something when he comes in the room, can't we? Hallelujah. He does change. <laughs> we worship you, O oh Lord, in this place today. We bless you today in this place. Amen. He is here. He is here, and I love him. Praise God. I love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's used by a few writers in the Scripture. Even in Old Testament, it talks about loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength. Everything within you is. And let it be unto the Lord. Amen. God is good, isn't He? All the time, God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. With it raining outside occasionally, off and on, and this great Memorial Day, and Sister Powell is reminding us of this Memorial Day with the colors, and uh, Pastor was saying she's wearing red, white, and blue. Praise the Lord. I'm not sure, I don't think we have anybody that actually served in the services. Do we have anybody that served? Sister, you served in the service. Thank you for your service. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is your day, your week, and uh, we appreciate all the service people, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we have others that are, are what, what do you call yourself, Sister Powell? A what? Army brat, an army brat. Okay, there are other, there, there are other people in here, <laughs> hallelujah, that are from uh, families that serve. My, my, you, your husband, your daughter, and a son. Wow, that's marvelous. It, I. If you see them, <laughs> text them, thank the church in Cornelius, the church of God says, thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. And as I was saying, my wife, uh, her dad served in the uh, army, I believe. He was army. So, amen. What branch of the service system? Army? So we're army brats all over, aren't we? Praise God. Anyone else that's you from a service family? We're just glad. Yes, sister? Father was Navy. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I, I just appreciate it. I appreciate those that serve. Some of them have given their uh, limbs and some have given their life. I just appreciate the freedom that we have because you serve. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it's a good day. Amen, amen, amen. I praise the Lord. Amen. And I'm, 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 I'm just going to keep pressing on because of the freedom that I enjoy that has been given to me and allowed me by those that have uh, served. And then I have a freedom in spirit that the songs talked about today. Whew. By one that served me on the cross, 
and he didn't quit. I tell you, church, it's not time to lay it down. It's not time to quit serving God. It's not a time to get weak on him. Those of you watching, it's not a time to be slowed down by difficulties and things that are happening in life because life does happen. But I'll tell you, there's one that gives greater life and more abundant life, and then he gives an eternal life. And I thank God his name is Jesus, who gave himself for me. Praise God. All that sin he took for me, that I wouldn't have to bear that sin. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody else in the place that you feel good about what the Lord God has done for you? And you'd brag on it this morning. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Isn't that good, Sister Powell? Oh, God's hand is... His hand is not only on us that are here, but our children, our grandchildren. And I'll tell you, I, I hear Genesis and Franklin speak of it often, about how that God's hand is upon children and grandchildren because... We have prayed. We have sought the Lord. I thank God my mother prayed for me a lot and kept me out of a lot of trouble and, and the hand of the Lord guiding things. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Praise God. Is there another? Praise God. You brag on the Lord. Yes. He does. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Glory, Sister Brenda, the Lord is everywhere, isn't he? He is everywhere, sister, you want to say. Why nails here? Amen. Oh yeah. Uh, Wynell says, you shouldn't have said that. Wynell said, why do you do that? Praise the Lord. But she is your friend. I mean, she loves you, and, and she thanks God that even all that the struggle of your wrist and, and the fear of driving and all of that, and everything that's gone on, God's been good, hasn't he, sister? God has been good. I thank him. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And let's do like pastors saying, study and remember scriptures. I thought about a few, start with, well, you remember the Roman road to salvation? It starts out with Brother Mike's favorite scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then further in the scripture it said, 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. Happy 46th anniversary for my wife today. I don't know how she did it. I, for goodness sakes, 46 years, good grief. Time flies when you're having a good time. And it's, it's, gone, it's gone. It's just like that. And, and Sister Miss Judy took my, my thunder. I was going to say... It's good to see Miss Davis in God's house. I want to go back and hug her neck at some time. If it's appropriate, I want to be able to do that. Um, what were the final words to Wizard of Oz? There's no place like home. We just got back from vacation about nine days, and they were nine good days. But when I pulled into the driveway, I wanted to kiss the ground that I was on. <laughs> Because it was good to be home after nine days. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. I've gotten volunteering from being an usher. Man, what better thing can you do than to volunteer people for? Maybe we need two of them at one time. Brother Jordan, we said the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please.
was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It is good to be back today. We did have a good vacation and enjoyed ourselves, but there is no place like home, like Michael said, and, and our home church. We were on a bus with a lot of Christian people, and we had devotions every day. But there's nothing like being in your home, home place. It's time now to take up our prayer request. Does anyone on this side have a prayer request? Gretchen? Let's play, pray for Gretchen. She hasn't been feeling good, and let's remember uh, Pop Pop's back. Sister Judith? Remember Miss Judith's family. Okay, anyone on this side? Sister Robin? Okay, remember Robin and Steve as they travel. Kimberly? Okay, Kim is, is having some problems with her joints today, so let's remember her. Sister Rhonda? Okay, let's remember Zach as he has surgery Friday. Okay. Let's remember uh, Diane has a friend of their family that has has sick with pancreatitis and different things. So let's remember him, Brother Mike. Let's remember Brother Mike Hager's family, and we all have family members that need prayer. Miss Judith. Yes. Yes, we are instructed by God's word to pray for for the peace of Jerusalem. So let's do remember that. Gretchen. Okay, let's, let's do remember Brother Tony. Okay, any any raised hands for unspoken requests? Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your many blessings, for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. Father God, I ask that you touch each of these requests that we're given in here today. Father, we all have needs. Father, you are the answer to all of our problems, all of our situations. Father, if we we'll just turn those things over to you, Father, for you do have the answer. And I know, Father God, that the answer for each of these needs are already on the way, Lord. Lord, I do pray for traveling mercies for, for Robin and for God, give them, grant them protection, Father. Take them to the destination, bring them home safely, Father. Lord, touch Tony's back, heal him. Father, I can hear Rachel has to Lord, that you give Tony a better work week this week, Father. 
Amen. Please do, Lord, please. Or come quickly, Lord Jesus. Either one is fine. Either help us through this or uh, <laughs> come on back. Yeah, either way. It's good. Either way we're good. Yes. Um, so, we learned last week the importance that God places on men. What good is a man? The good of a man is to be the head to agape like Christ and to nourish and cherish. If you didn't hear last week's or the week before, go back and listen because, I mean, it helps us to see and understand God's roles for men and for women and that they may be different than we considered and they may be exactly what you're doing and great if it is. Excellent. Good job. It's just uh, encouragement. Yeah. So, God has created us each with special skills and purpose. And today, in health and wellness, we celebrate one of the holy days, the Feast of the Lord. Today is Pentecost Sunday. For those who do not know, who did not know, we're going to be talking about what Pentecost Sunday is, why it's important, and uh, what happened on Pentecost Sunday. So, the day of Pentecost was also called the Feast of Harvest. It was sometimes called the Feast of Weeks. It was one of the holy days, one of the feasts that were set aside by God, given to Moses and the children of Israel to say, you have to celebrate these certain holidays. So it took place seven weeks, so a week of weeks, Uh, Seven weeks or 50 days from the second day of Passover. So Passover occurred, and Passover was an eight-day festival, eight-day feast. And so the Passover would begin, and then they would count from the second day of Passover 50 days until the Feast of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a festival to thank God for the harvest on on Passover, and that's what we celebrate at Easter time, at Passover, they would offer up the first grain to God. They would offer up the first fruit to Him. And then 50 days later, there would be a harvest. And they would then offer the beginning of the harvest, the first things that they had harvested, they would offer that to God. Now, this was one of three feasts that had to be celebrated in Jerusalem. Passover had to, if you were physically able to get to Jerusalem, you had to celebrate there if you were a a Jewish person or a convert to Judaism. Then, 50 days later, Pentecost had to be celebrated in Jerusalem. And also, the Feast of Tabernacles, which that's a whole other thing, but Tabernacles had to be celebrated in Jerusalem, again, if you were physically able. And there was even a promise that God made to Moses and the children of Israel that said, if you will obey me, if you will do what I ask you to do, if you will go to Jerusalem for these feasts, I will protect your land so that your enemies will not come in and raid your land during this time. As long as you obey me, I'll put a hedge of protection around you. So this was a promise to God. It was very important to him that the people would be together on these feast days. Some have suggested that this feast coincides with the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. So if you are, if you're looking at Exodus, 
uh, chapters 19 and 20, that's not what we're turning to today, but those chapters explain what happened when the people were, they had, they had been freed, they had celebrated the very first Passover in Egypt, they had come out of the land, you know, they had walked across the Red Sea, God had made this miracle occur, they'd been walking around in the wilderness for all these days, and God said, I want to meet with the people. We've talked about this before, that God told them, consecrate them, have them consecrate themselves, have them uh, get ready, prepare themselves spiritually, and come before me. And they gathered around the mountain. They said, be really careful, don't get too close to the mountain. But they were gathered all around the mountain, and they were excited, anticipating God is going to do something, we're going to meet with him. And when they saw the fire and the smoke, and they felt the rumblings of the earthquake. And they heard the voice of Yahweh speak. They were too afraid. And they saw Moses and they said, Nope, we can't do this. Please, don't. We don't want to have anything to do with God. We want, to have, we want you to have everything to do with God. And we'll just listen to what you say. We, don't, we can't handle a personal relationship with him. Because it's, it's too much. It's too frightening. So, this was when the law was given. God wrote the the law with his own hand on these tablets. Uh, I'm planning to post something really interesting tomorrow on the newsletter. Make sure you look at it. It's more information about um, how these two are connected. I found it was really interesting. It was um, it was kind of long, but you know, if you if you have a a commute back and forth in your car. That's when I normally listen to things like that. So anyway, just make sure you look at that. It was really neat. But this all occurred, and it was about 50 days past when they had come out of Egypt. So it is likely that the, the technical first Pentecost coincides with this giving of the law at Mount Sinai. So Moses brought down the two tablets, um, and when... When Pentecost was, when God gave the orders for how it was to be celebrated, he said, take two loaves of leavened bread and hold them up before the Lord as a wave offering to him. And it was kind of reflective of the two tablets. So we're seeing that there is a lot of, a lot of reflection in each of these times of Pentecost. Then there was the first Christian Pentecost. So, the believers were obeying the command of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. Before his death, Jesus had told them that he was going to go to the Father. In, back in John, in the time that he was speaking to them, he said, I'm about to die. And they said, no, Lord, don't tell us that. And he said, I am. been telling you all that for years. You just didn't understand. And I'm about to die. I'm going to go back to my father, but I will not leave you without a comforter. There's someone who's going to come. And it's going to be even better. You think it's great now because we're together and you can talk to me and, and you can spend time with me, but it's going to be even better because this comforter that I'm going to see and he's going to live inside your heart. The thought of living without Jesus was too much for the disciples to bear, yet he promised that this other who would come would dwell within their hearts. 
in order to be a constant source of comfort and direction for them. So after his resurrection, Jesus was with the believers for 40 days, walking with them, talking with them. He was telling them, wait in Jerusalem because this promise is going to come. We see in verses 12 through 14 of Acts chapter 1. Then returned they, this was after Jesus ascended to heaven. And the angel said, why are you still looking? (laughs) Just imagine them all standing there watching Jesus go up into the clouds. They're just watching. Just watching. And some of them possibly thought, okay, are we going to go with him now? Here I am, Jesus. Take me too. <laughs> and so they're all looking up, and the angel comes and says, "Why are you? Why are you still looking up? Jesus told you that there's more to do. So you need to go and do what he told you to." So here they are in verses twelve through fourteen. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So Jesus had ascended into heaven and... The remaining 11 disciples and other male and female believers, they went to Jerusalem. And there they remained until the promise had come. There they remained 10 days. It says that they were in constant, unanimous prayer for 10 days. They're in this upper room. Some suggest that the upper room was uh, the home of um, John Mark's mom. John Mark is the one who wrote the book of Mark. Some suggest that that she had allowed them to come and stay in her home. It's possible. Uh, Some have suggested that the upper room was a a chamber in in the temple, and that's where they were staying. We don't know for sure. But we all know that they were there. And imagine the waiting Jesus had just gone into heaven the last time that they had seen him. And they're waiting. Imagine the conversation. Talking about Jesus. Wondering if he's ever going to come back. You know, we were without him for three days. And and then he came back. Now we've been without him for ten days. Is he going to come? What's, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our be- our belief system? What's going to happen to our little group? What are we going to do? This is the last time that Mary is mentioned anywhere in the Bible. And notice it's, it's when they're all gathered together. And they're talking about Jesus and they're praying together. They likely prepared for the Feast of Pentecost because they were Jewish. So it's, it is likely that they gathered together all the, the things necessary. They were going to celebrate together. And then we see in chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came 
a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So suddenly... This word meaning unexpectedly and unawares. That's odd because they were there in anticipation. They were waiting. But suddenly, they were caught unaware by the power and the sound and the noise that came into the room. The sound of a violent wind. It doesn't say that there was a violent wind. It just says that it sounded like it. So they're hearing this sound. And... By this point, I would imagine they're looking around thinking, what is going on here? It said that the sound of violent wind filled, this word means to cram or to level. The sound filled the house. The sound filled the house. It was loud and surrounding them, this noise. They had all, uh, 120 if they had all stayed. We, we learned the number in Acts chapter 1. There were 120 of them. They had been in this house for 10 days together. Praying, awaiting the gift of God. We know that they replaced Judas Iscariot during that time. They, they all talked together, cast lots, realized that, that it was Matthias who should be a new disciple. So they had been all they had been together waiting and preparing, but were caught unaware when the Holy Spirit arrived. They were prepared, but they were puzzled. This isn't how we were expecting you to show up, God. Throughout the Old Testament, fire represented the presence of God. The burning bush to Moses. The pillar of fire that stayed with the children of Israel. The fire on top of Mount Sinai represented the presence of God. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. Those are just a few examples. So when the fire came in that day in this particular setting, it says that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Now, any time that we think of this, okay, and, and maybe you have a different thought. Anytime that I think of this, I think of, and again, I, 
it's going to sound maybe weird, but I think of little, you know, like little tongue-shaped things, and they're split because they're cloven. Almost, and, and uh, not to be disrespectful at all, but almost like a, a snake tongue, kind of. That's like what comes into my mind. Okay, cloven tongues as a fire. So all I'm thinking, and it sounds weird. And again, we we believe some stuff that people who don't know are going to think this is super strange. So in my mind, there's 120 people in this little room, and they all have this little um, this little image of a of a fiery snake tongue on their heads. And doesn't that sound strange? But what actually it's indicating here is that the fire came and was partitioned. So when Paul speaks of one body, one spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who is one upon each of us. Just like that pillar of fire came down and he protected them, it was almost as if, and again, I'm not trying to add anything to the scriptures, Lord help me, but it was almost as if the presence of God filled the room, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost filled the room, and he began to put his presence on each of them. This idea of cloven is separated. So he began to partition and to to set down on each person. And then he began to speak through each of them. And he was declaring the magnificent perfection of God. In verse 12, it says, They were all amazed. Oh, excuse me, in, in verse 11, it says that we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. This in the Greek means God's magnificence and his perfection. It was not under their own power or their own control. It happened as they yielded themselves to the gift that Jesus had promised. This gift of the Holy Spirit was evidence that Jesus had returned to heaven. He said, when I get back to my Father, I'm going to send you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this was just confirmation of the gift This was just confirmation that Jesus had made it back to God. So certainly they would rejoice. They're wondering, what's going to happen to us? What happened to Jesus? Where is he? But as soon as the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they could realize Jesus is in heaven. He is now seated at the right hand of God because his Holy Spirit is here. This promise, this thing that he said would come has come. Here he is. It tells us that they spoke in languages other than their own. These languages being spoken were were the same languages of the, the Jews and Jewish converts from all over the world. Remember that these people who were Jews or Jewish converts had to come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. So this was the time that there would have been people from all over the world to witness what was being done in the early church. 
So this wasn't just something that happened randomly in a, in a tiny little room and no one would ever hear about it. Or if they did, they would all look at them very askance. Like, mm-hmm, sure that happened. Yes. Mm-hmm, tiny little snake tongues came in and sat on you. Mm-hmm, yeah, of course that happened. Sure did. But there were those, there were so many people in Jerusalem at the time that it was noised abroad and people began to hear about it and come to see what was going on. There's no way, what's happening here? And they heard it and they saw it, they witnessed what was occurring with the early church and it it caused something in their hearts to believe, to wonder. So then Peter became the spokesman, of course, Peter. So people outside the upper room began to hear that something was happening. It said that this was noised abroad. They came to inspect, and they heard their own languages being spoken. And and they said, these are Galileans. How is it that all these Galileans are speaking in other languages? Here's the thing about Galileans. They were kind of like, they were kind of like the the backwoods, southern hicks of the Bible area. They would oftentimes um, cut off some of their, um, the the ends of their words, and they had an accent. I don't know if y'all know what I mean. Can y'all understand that? I mean, like, can you even imagine that? They, They wouldn't use all their syllables, or maybe they add extra syllables. So the, it was not like they were well known for being able to speak. I mean, I use proper grammar. I use proper grammar, but sometimes the, the uh, Southern comes out. <laughs> so it was kind of like that. These backwoods people, how is it that they know how to speak all these languages? It wasn't that they knew. It was that they had yielded themselves to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to allow him to speak through them. They were astounded and perplexed while others accused them of being drunk. And Peter stood before them and said, y'all, because he was Galilean, y'all, we ain't drunk. I'm sorry, that sounded like something you would say. Uh, Y'all, We are not drunk like you think we are. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Maybe if it was later. (laughs) And the the thing about this was they didn't even eat breakfast until 10 o'clock. This was like a normal practice. So so Peter was saying to them, 9 o'clock is the hour of prayer. We're up here praying. We haven't even eaten breakfast yet. And you're accusing us of being drunk. No, I'll tell you what's happening So Peter stood before the crowd, and he preached. This is the first message that we see preached by anyone other than Jesus in the New Testament. He said to the crowd, and y'all can read it. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but uh, I do encourage you uh, at some point later on this week to read the rest of chapter 2. It's really good to understand what Peter was saying. So he stood before the crowd, and he said... That Jesus the Messiah had come. 
and that he had done miracles and signs among them. He said, Jesus is the Messiah. Y'all didn't accept him as such, but he is. And he did miracles and wonders and signs among you. And then he said to them, y'all all rejected him. Now, y'all, Romans are going to try to blame the Jews and say, well, they wanted him dead. And y'all, Jews are going to try to blame the Romans and say, well, we couldn't kill him. We had to get the Roman government to do it, so it's their fault. But all of y'all are responsible because you rejected him. Everyone is responsible for his death. Then Peter said to them that Jesus was crucified. Yeah, y'all crucified him. Yeah, y'all thought he was going to be dead forever. But then he raised. He was resurrected by God's power. He ascended into heaven about ten days ago. And now he's at God's right hand. And you know how we know that? It's because the promise that he gave us just came upon us. This is that. This that y'all just heard is, is that promise that Jesus told us would happen. This is that promise that Joel spoke about hundreds of years ago. This is that. So after the power of his preaching, their hearts, it says, were pierced. In verse 42, it says, And they... Oh, excuse me. No, that's earlier. <laughs> Y'all read that because I didn't write that one down. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. It says that their hearts were pierced. And this word means pierced thoroughly, agitated violently. It's used only one time in the New Testament. It said that they began to be desperate to know their next steps toward faith. What should we do? Please let us know. What should we do? Now that we know the truth about who Jesus is, what should we do? And I want to read to you the, the translation here. It's verses 42 through 47. Oh, this is the pierced. Here we go. Bless my heart. I just realized where it was. I just didn't write it down in the right place. This is verses 37 through 41. Excuse me. Bless me. Now, having heard this, they were stung to the heart with poignant sorrow. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What shall we do, men, brothers? And Peter said to them, Have a change of mind. That change of mind being accompanied by abhorrence of and sorrow for your deed. You need to hate it and be sad about it. And let each one of you be baptized upon the ground of your confession of belief in the sum total of all that Jesus Christ is in his glorious person. This baptismal testimony being in relation to the fact that your sins have been put away and you shall receive the gratuitous gift of the Holy Spirit. For to you is the promise and to your children and to all who are at a distance, as many as the Lord our God shall with a divine summons call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly affirmed and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who received his word with approval were immersed. And there were added to their number on that day about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people responded to this message of Christ with faith. They believed and were baptized. And then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now verses 42 through 47. 
it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So this was the fellowship of the believers. They adhered to or were constantly diligent in the apostles' doctrine. That is, what the apostles had heard from Christ. This is what they preached. They engaged in koinonia. This word koinonia, this fellowship, means partnership or community. Cooperation in the blood of Jesus. There was breaking of bread. This could mean communion or this could mean eating meals together. It's not, it's not exactly clear which one Luke means, but he does make mention that they ate together a few different times. So he could be reiterating or he could be saying that they did both. They were praying with and for one another. There were signs and wonders that were done by the apostles. There was a dimension of selflessness that was not typically seen. It says that they were together. This word is the same as in verse 1, that they were in the same place. So they hung out together. They were not living in a commune or supporting communism. This is not socialism. Instead, they didn't count their belongings as something to cling to. They saw that people had needs and they thought, you know what? I can probably take care of that. So they sold their properties or they sold their estates. They sold excess goods in order to bless people who were in need. It doesn't say necessarily that they sold all of their possessions and that they were, that they were living destitute. But they did sell some things and, and put into a common church treasury. And the poor were helped. They enjoyed spending time together. It says that they were in the temple together, in each other's homes, that they were having meals together because they had one common love within their hearts. It says that they were always praising God with gladness and singleness of heart and that they were continually seeing souls saved. So the cause and effects of Pentecost. We are a Pentecostal church. Church of God, we, that's a Pentecostal denomination. We have a heritage of Pentecost. If you look at the history of the Church of God, it, it began uh, back in the late 1800s with a desire, out of different denominations, but a desire to serve God in a, in a deeper way, closer to the... New Testament believers. That was the point that our early church fathers desired. So we are Pentecostal. But what does that even mean? Now, that has become, uh, a, you know, it, 
was a byword <laughs> one way or the other. Oh, those holy rollers, you know. Um, we never adopted that idea that we were holy rollers, but that was something that was uh, kind of set against us. You know, all these people roll around on the floor. Um, but I've only seen that happen a couple of times. I'm, be, I'm for real. But what does that mean to be Pentecostal? Well, number one, it means that we are people of the Spirit. Again, this is that. Peter told those who were wondering about this tongue speech that this was an indication that the last days had begun. Because Joel said, in the last days, he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and their sons and their daughters would prophesy, and their old men would see visions, and their young men would dream dreams, and upon all flesh would God pour out his spirit. So we don't believe that the last days ended with the apostles that would just be weird because what are we in right now we say to each other all the time we are living in the last days Jesus is about to come back thank you Lord but if they were living in the last days then we too are living in the last days this is an era that began when Jesus ascended to heaven the last days started right then and we have this in common with all believers for thousands of years that we are living in the last days. We believe that the last days started there and that we continue to live. Because to us, like, oh, thousands of years ago started the last days. Well, when is Jesus coming back? But Peter warned against that. He said, don't, don't listen to those people who say, oh, you know, Jesus is, he's not coming back anytime soon. No, soon. He's coming back very soon. Thank you, Lord. But to him, soon means something different than it means to us. 2,000 years ago doesn't seem like soon. But to God, it's nothing. A day is like a 1,000 years. No big deal to God, who is beyond time, who exists outside of time, who we can't even understand time through the eyes of God. So we're living with him in the last days. We have this in common with early believers, that we are living in the time of the end. Therefore, we believe that the fire that was present on Mount Sinai and the fire that was present in the wilderness was portioned out in the upper room. And that same spirit now lives within us. We believe that when we accept Christ as our Savior, that the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. That he is there as our, as our God, as our comforter, as our paraclete, the one who comes alongside us. We believe that. We believe that he is able, if we are willing, to speak through us in prayer. That's part of what we mean to be Pentecostal. We believe that. We believe that he empowers us to be witnesses. Because again, that didn't end. You will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses to those in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. We don't believe that that ended with the disciples and with the apostles and at the end of of Revelation. That would be sad. What are we even here for if it ended there? We believe that the Holy Spirit is with us and gives us the power to be witnesses wherever we go. That is part of being 
Pentecostal. We are Pentecostal in that we believe that God still does miracles. That that didn't end. That we believe that people can be healed and miraculously saved and changed. We believe that God can do things. That God can do things through us. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. According to the power that works in us. That's what it means to be Pentecostal. People of the Spirit. Number two, it means that we are people of the Word. The background of Pentecost was the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And this has been a common... um, at PTS, Pentecostal Theological Seminary. It's the Church of God um, Seminary. And a lot of the professors say this is one of the one of the things that was kind of spoken against the early Pentecostal church. Oh, they just care about, you know, yelling and hollering, and they just care about speaking in tongues and all that stuff, and they don't really, they're not really looking at the Bible. That that was one of the things that was said against us so, so long ago, but that's not true. It only means that we look at the Bible differently through a lens of the power of the Holy Spirit. We look at God's Word and say, What the Holy Spirit was able to do here, he is also able to do here. That's what we believe. So we are people of the word. When the law was given at Mount Sinai, remember the people were so frightened of God's presence that they they didn't want to communicate with Yahweh directly. God wanted to dwell with them. He had Moses put the the tent of meeting right in the center of the camp. He said, I want to dwell with my people. I want to be among them. I want to have constant fellowship with them. Yet, God had to settle for writing the law on tablets and stone because they didn't want to have a personal relationship with him. They were too afraid. But being Pentecostal people of the word means that we allow God to write his law on our hearts. That we want to really truly know what God is saying to us through his word. We want to hold it in our hearts. We want to hide it in our hearts so that we don't sin against God. Because once the Holy Spirit has made his home within us, within the hearts of people, notice what happened to them. Peter began to preach and to expound upon who Jesus is and upon his saving power. He became a man of the word. He began to expound to them Old Testament prophecies. He began to say, this, this is what this means. He began to explain and expound. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We begin to be people of the word. It says that the church dedicated themselves to sound doctrine. That's what happens when we become Pentecostal. When we become people of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we begin to cling to the correct doctrine. We're not going our own way and thinking our own thoughts and saying, well, this is what it means to me. No, 
we are actually asking the Holy Spirit to do His work and interpret God's Word. That is one of my favorite things that the Holy Spirit does. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit is able, if we will allow Him, if we will see through His lens, that He will expound to us things that we, we had no way of understanding before. Paul says to, to people who don't believe, preaching is foolishness. It sounds crazy. Again, we sound crazy to people who don't understand. But Paul said, but when you do know, it's life. When you do know God, when you do know who he is, when the Holy Spirit is living within you, it makes sense. It's life to you. It's opened up in ways that you didn't know before. We are people of the word. So they were not filled with the Holy Spirit with the sole purpose of speaking in tongues and showing off in the Spirit. That's not what we do. Again, we see in, uh, you don't have to turn there, but there were a lot of issues in the Corinthian church. All those people were like, oh, we got the Holy Spirit, let's show off. Every service, we're going to be doing something. Everybody, you know, we got some people in the corner dancing in the spirit. We got some people in this corner. They're uh, they're twirling around. They're they're whatever. These people are prophesying, and these people are laying hands on people, and these people are doing this and this and this. And there was disunity within the church, and people were coming into the church. They're like, "What is going on here?" And Paul said, "Not so. God is not the author of confusion." What y'all were doing, y'all, some of y'all need to be doing that stuff at home in your own prayer closet. Don't be showing off. Because if you want to make it about you, I know none of y'all want to do that. So, just, just letting you know. <laughs> just letting you know beforehand. <laughs> I was reading in a, um, I have a, a book, I'm, trying to get ahead before my summer classes start and they were um, talking about a, a particular pastor that this woman came and said I, I feel like God has given me the spirit of dancing and um, I, I want to I want to exercise the spirit in the church service and the pastor said to her um, I don't agree with that I don't think that you have that and um, so no that won't be happening. And that church service started. And uh, you could see her over there in the back. And she started doing her little jig. And she just kept, you know, dancing all around. And he said, sit down and stop. And she got very mad. And she left the church and took a few people with her. <laughs> and, and the thing is, if our purpose is to be seen... If our purpose is to glorify self, then we're not in the Spirit. We're people of the Word. Called to be witnesses to the Gospel. The third thing is that we are people of koinonia. This word koinonia is a holy, intimate, covenantal fellowship. This word later in the New Testament is used as communion. 
that we commune one with another and one with God. This is what the disciples had experienced with Jesus, this koinonia fellowship. That day by day they were with him and they were spending time with him. And it was more than just hanging out and knowing each other's favorite color, but it was a matter of loving what Jesus loved and learning to speak like Jesus and learning to act like Jesus, learning to do the things that Jesus would do. So koinonia goes beyond, I'll see you on Sunday. Koinonia is this type of fellowship that Pentecostals in the early church did life together. That there was no other place to be like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday, of course I'm going to be at church. <laughs> Y'all remember, yeah, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting. <laughs> it's like, no, I got, I, I can't be doing all this other stuff. I got to be at church. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to be taking vacation soon and we love y'all. I'm not saying that you can't ever not be at church. I'm saying there's this idea of having life together. Of having a type of fellowship that I know that I can call on anyone here and they'll pray for me. Aware of each other's needs. That there were those who saw, oh, that person's in need. I'm going to sell some stuff and I'm going to give to them. So they don't have to be in need anymore. They had engaged in continual fellowship, so they knew the kinds of things that each person was needing prayer for. They knew the kinds of things, physically, mentally, emotionally, that each person was going through. And because of their love one for another, they did not hesitate to pray or to welcome people into their homes, or to sacrifice in order to meet the needs. That's what it means to be Pentecostal, to be people of koinonia. The people inside and outside the church, you see, they're, they're starving for connection. So social media is such a big deal, because you feel like you're connected. You're not really. You're not really. Those people that you see online that you follow that their lives look perfect and everything looks beautiful it's not true because they know how to stand a certain way and pose and twist and have these ring lights and things and, and they have a professional photographer who takes their pictures and it makes them look really beautiful and they only post the beautiful parts they don't they don't post that uh that closet in the in the back bedroom where all their junk is stored. It's not real. I'm not saying there, you know, if you need to fast it or you need to give it up, go ahead. That's between you and the Lord. I'm saying don't get addicted to it. Don't believe the lie. Don't begin to compare yourself to that. Like, oh, I, I feel bad because where I'm not doing all this great stuff that these people have listed. Well, again, they're they're posting one moment of their life. They're not posting those times that they're fussing at their spouse or fussing at their kids or, you know, their, <laughs> their dog ran off and they're yelling at them. They're not posting these things. So, um, and you may be able to find, uh, forgive me, if 
Y'all post very real things. Good. Thank you. Uh, filterless things. That's good. People will participate, though, in all kinds of silly, meaningless, or even harmful groups just to feel like they belong. Kids join gangs because they want to belong. They want to be part of a community. I was listening to the radio the other day, and just recently they had the, the largest meeting of Kyle's of anywhere else in the whole world. They were trying to make a, this Guinness Book of World Records. And um, in Kyle, Texas, they, they put out something on Facebook like, if your name is Kyle, please come here. And they had almost a 1,000 people who were named Kyle just to come and gather just because their name was Kyle. I mean, I don't even know if they were doing anything fun besides that, just like meeting other Kyles. Like, how confusing would that have been? But I'm saying people want connection. People are starving for it. They will do goofy things to be connected. But we need to be showing people through our love one for another that this is the place that they belong. This is the place where we belong. And if we're not showing that with love one for another, Lord help us. So Pentecostals are people of relationships. We have relationships with God, with his word, with people. It's important to keep both the, the vertical and the horizontal relationships healthy. So what does it mean to be Pentecostal? Again, we're people of the Spirit, people of the Word, and people of Koinonia. As the music plays, if you have been lacking in any of these areas, if you've never received the Spirit, He wants to live within your heart. He does. He wants to, he wants to be with you. He wants to dwell within you. He wants to be guiding you and leading you. If you don't have a good relationship with the Word, you just don't get it. Just um, don't understand. He's able to open up your eyes today. If you're having relation, if you're having difficulties in your koinonia, the Spirit is here. <laughs> because where the Spirit is allowed to be Lord, there's freedom. So we need to allow Him to be Lord today. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we speak to you directly today and say thank you so much that thousands of years ago you were willing to come and dwell with us, to live life with us, to live messy and messed up sometimes, but you're willing to be within our hearts. You're willing to to dwell with us and remain with us because that's what that's what you've always wanted to do is live among your people. So I thank you. Holy Spirit, you are a gift. You are precious and we love you. We thank you that you bless us with your presence within our church, within our hearts. God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. And right now, 
we accept our role as a Pentecostal church to say that we are people of the Spirit. So, Heavenly Father, if there is anyone now who has never received you, who has never received the Holy Spirit with accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior first and foremost, God, we just we give that opportunity right now to receive Jesus and have the Holy Spirit dwell within us. Just to say, forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, come dwell within my heart. Be my guide. Be my strength. God, if there's anyone here who has never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles did, just like those in the upper room did, who have never experienced the Holy Spirit, uh, the evidence is speaking of the ch- uh, in other tongues, Lord. If that's if that's something that you're desirous of today, He is here. He is here. Just surrender to Him. Just surrender to Him. God, for those who are having trouble with the Word, who haven't seen how beautiful Your Word can be through the lens of the Holy Spirit, just speak to them right now. Just show them. Open up your word to them that they would hear and receive, that they would be able to be encouraged. God, strengthen. Help us to, in this month that is focused on study, that we would love your word more than we ever have before. God, I pray that you would plant that in each of our hearts, that we would love your word so much. God, for those who are who are needing your koinonia, who are needing that deep fellowship. God, who are needing, who are needing people to come alongside them and wrap their arms around and say, we're going to do life together. We're going to, we're in this together. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to lift each other up. We're going to belong together, God. For those who are having troubles there, I pray in Jesus' name. A spirit of unity just like there was in the upper room. God, I pray for any division that it be broken down right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray in Jesus' name that it be completely destroyed because that's something that the enemy wants to do. The enemy hates unity. Heavenly Father, we understand that you love unity. That you are you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one. You are all about unity. We get that. We understand that. We believe that. So we we speak unity right now in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. We request our unity. God, that every every wall of division, every wall of doubt, every wall of difficulty, God, every wall that would prevent us from receiving everything that Holy Spirit has for us, we just speak against it in Jesus' name. Tear the walls down. Holy Spirit, come in and be comforter. Holy Spirit, come in and be God. Holy Spirit, come in and pray through us and for us. Holy Spirit, come in. Be the one who guides our feet. Holy Spirit, come in. 
Jesus, we receive right now. Holy Spirit, we receive right now. God, we receive right now. Work in this place. Spirit, do what you will. Work and move according to your will, God. I pray that you would plant this word in our hearts. God, that you would help us to experience Pentecost the way that you intended. That we make a place for you to dwell. And make room for you. That we get rid of everything, cast aside everything that would hinder us from having a relationship with you, God. We just, we surrender it now. We thank you. We thank you. Jesus, we praise you. We lift you up. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.